Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 60. It's a beautiful day in the neighbourhood. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Hello, hello children and welcome to the Church of the Air. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening viewers. Now, I don't want you, Ross, to be instructing our listeners to be offering any jail wardens of going out into the world and... It'll be, havoc. It, it'll be on a subliminal level, I promise you that. that. I won't be coming out and saying it, it'll just be seeping out through the airwaves. You know what, if I ever have to teach screenwriting to screenwriting students, mm-hmm. and the topic of subtext comes up, mm-hmm. I'm going to show that scene and say, see, what the warden is hearing <laughs> is the text. But what crazy maniac killer man is hearing mm. is the subtext. We are, of course, talking about Carnival. Uh, I managed to get through the rest of season two and ne- have now seen everything of it. And uh, pretty much as soon as I finished watching it, I texted Ross and asked him if he could see about getting season three up and running. Mm-hmm. And my stick figure drawings that I sent you just weren't good just, enough. That flicker book just didn't work. No. Didn't work no. well enough at all. Hey, just quickly, uh, we were talking last week about South Park and possible offence that it caused. There's another letter in this week's Green Guide Red complaining Rocket, Red about, Rocket. Uh, about the whole thing. Uh, I, I meant to mention last week, I forgot all about it, the... Uh, the Steve Irwin thing was probably one of the least offensive things in the episode. The episode had a lot of highly offensive material. Uh, it featured Princess Diana in Hell, yes. which a few years ago would have caused uh, quite an uproar. It uh, it had three serial killers, John Wayne Gacy and, and two as, others. As the Three Stooges, which was the th- hilarious. Three Stooges getting reincarnated to take care of a cake, but just going around in Three Stooges style, killing as many people as they could and each other, which, very funny, but offensive. And um, probably the most offensive of all, I had a whole lot of uh, Catholic priests who were very anti-the-devil and anti-the-devil's big party that he was having. but With young boys on leashes. They had their altar boys <laughs> naked on leads. That's just normal Catholic priests, isn't it? Letters can be sent to... (laughs) You see, all those things are far more... That's how it was when I was an altar boy. All those are far more offensive than... Yeah. Than Steve Irwin. Get a grip. That's what I say. Really, if if you can't be offended by South Park, then they're doing their job incorrectly. Yes. Yes. I think that's that's the way that that works. Uh, If you've never tuned into Box Cutters before... I'm not offended. But it takes a lot to offend me. But I enjoy it. It really does take a lot to offend you. I try week <laughs> after week after week. Nothing. It's uh, water off a fish's back, which is a throwback to that time that you uh, mistook fish for duck. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Box Cutters is all about television. All about television. All about television. If you haven't tuned in before, where have you been? Yeah. It's episode 60. Mm-hmm. Clearly. You've got a lot of listening to do. A lot of catching up. <laughs> Otherwise, when we mention Quiz Monkey, all these other things, you're going you're to be not, lost. You're not going to know what's going on. Josh's network that he owns. You're just going to be you're Which going is, to be How can I run a network lost. when I'm on crack? Actually, exactly. I've been thinking about this over the last few weeks, uh, that uh, maybe we should open up the show with a previously unboxed gutters. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, sure, that would, that would be good. It would 
take a little bit of production, and quite frankly, I don't think bit. any of us could be asked. <laughs> I think we might need to if we uh, move out of this format and uh, onto the live to air. Oh. Well, that's, uh, that, that is also something that we've been talking about for 60 episodes. <laughs> Sharked. Yeah, they you won't, won't, know what, what, won't know what sharked means. You won't know what it means. You won't know what a gentle shark is. <laughs> toothless, a toothless, a shark. toothless shark, or a hostile shark. Yeah, you won't. You won't know. You really won't know. Coming up later on in this episode of Box Cutters, we've got I don't buy it, which you wouldn't know is actually a segment about television advertising. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to the show before, we're also talking about the new fall season in the US, which is almost no longer new. We are getting to the uh, close to the end of its run. Today we're going to look at Friday Night Lights and also, as promised last week, we're going to look at uh, some of the shows that we're still watching or that we've enjoyed and have stopped being aired or yep. whatever. A little bit of a yep. recap. Uh, we've got some quotes. I'm going to finish it off with pork. We've also got James Talia calling in at some stage. Again. The box cutter's European correspondent. Again. He's again. calling in again. Well, finally... Finally, because you know what happened? He's got nothing to do over there, has he? Well, that's, there's that. <laughs> but also, we set up the European Bureau. Yeah. What, the, the box cutter's fortress of... What was it? Fortress. Solitude? No. What? But, yeah, that was what it was from. Oh, what did I write up in the blog last week? I can't remember. I, can't I don't, remember. I don't whenever, know. Whenever, TV whenever, goodness. Fortress of TV fortress goodness. Of it, everybody just thinks Solitude. Yeah. Or F Troop. Anyway. <laughs> uh Yes, what happened was we set up the European Bureau. We thought all he needed was a desk. Turns out he also needed a telephone. Ah, right. So now that he's got that, he really wants to... I think after this week, the novelty's going to wear off and we'll hardly hear from him ever again. Well, we're, 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 we're funding his entire travels and his... I mean, he's got a little side gig that he does with Channel 9, but it, it's really the box covers. I feel good about our work to be able to kind of support Channel 9 in that way <laughs> and improve their TV quality. And also, I, uh, I have something sad to admit, uh, embarrassing to admit, really. I didn't renew his stay at the Backpackers, so I don't actually know where he is. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, that $45 or £15... Uh, just really, I went, what am I paying this for? Got rid of it. Uh, possibly a mistake. Anyway, as always, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. Rupert Murdoch's News Corporation has announced that Australian television is just too expensive for it to buy. Come on, Brett, (laughs) say it. The reports that I read and that I heard were that uh, it wouldn't actually make economic sense for News Limited to buy any TV stations in Australia because it costs too much uh, to make Australian content. So and, and they don't they don't have enough income to uh, balance that out, and they're not they're not a good deal. So too expensive to buy. Not too expensive to buy. News Corp could buy any of the stations, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. See, there's a there's a difference between saying uh, out of our, economically, it's not worth them. Buying see, I think station. too expensive just means based on its value, doesn't necessarily mean more money than I have in my wallet. It's too expensive. Only if you draw a longer bow. No, I don't think so. I think too expensive 
is a value term. <laughs> it's a relative term. Wait, 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 anyway, wait. News Corp won't be buying any Australian stations no. for monetary reasons. That's that's it. That's, that's what it. the news is. Is that okay? Yeah. That's what Murdoch said. Are you both happy with that? Because there were rumours that uh, he was looking into... <laughs> <I> was, Ross. <laughs> ...looking into take a stake in Channel 10. Yes. Oh. Uh, which is not too expensive for a Canadian company to run, but too expensive for Rupert Murdoch's American company to run. You know, it's, it's like, what do you think, what do you think the, the lowest denomination of banknote on the ground that Rupert would actually pick up that wouldn't cost him more money in what he's earning than the banknote that he's picking up would be. I reckon, I still reckon if Rupert Murdoch saw $5 on the ground, he would pick it up. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he would walk past it. It's very hard to, it's very hard to walk past $5 lying but on I the think, ground. But I think the time to, to bend over and pick it up and stand up again, he could have earned more than that. Really? I think if he's on the phone having a meeting on his, <laughs> on his mobile phone, he can bend down and pick up the money, and then it's five extra dollars. Well, sure. He's already still earned the money that he was earning. Or, Let's face it, I'm not he's, sure, he's I'm probably not sure the how one much who is, dropped it in the first place. I'm, I'm not no, sure how true. much he's, he's walking around the streets days. <laughs> anyway. And even if he was, he'd probably have his, his yes-men on both sides of him and say, pick that up for me. Put it in my pocket. But that's that, that is a very good question, Brett. And next time uh, we have uh, uh, young Mr. Elliot in the show to talk about uh, the financial side of television, we'll ask him about whether or not Rupert would pick up money on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good news for uh, pirate fans. And also for uh, so this is quality digi- American reality TV program fans. So this is digital downloaders, those sort of pirates? No, not those sort of pirates. Uh, pirates uh, derogatory with, term with... for gay men? <laughs> Was uh, something burglars, turd burglars. Oh, no, is, I've never is, heard that. Is that the, the pirate? Thing? I no, no, no. I haven't you... heard of pirates as a derogatory Oh, well, term. you know, tush pirate is, uh, is what I'd heard. Oh, really? Yeah. No, no strangely <laughs> enough. Uh, given that Mark Burnett's involved. Right. It's a... Uh... <laughs> now I'm all thrown. <laughs> I don't know how to talk this back around. Basically, Mark Burnett's developing a new pirate-themed reality series. We're talking about eye patches. We're talking about peg legs. We're ah, talking about pieces of eight and I've, parrots. I've seen bits of this. It was called uh, Survivor Pearl Islands. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, some of the old uh, survivors have had a pirate undercurrent... Like uh, Survivor Pearl Islands. The new series will truly pillage the theme. What, what they're going to they're gonna dress up like pirates and go and rob boats or something. The and, series... and rape people and then burn boats and kill people, it seems. <laughs> the series will be set on both land and sea, suggesting the presence of ships and islands as central characters in the unscripted drama. <laughs> right. And it's not going to be just Survivor at Sea. When we, when we were on our ship earlier today... It will... <laughs> It'll differ from that in many ways, Burnett says. Mm. Right, so it's not, it's not just going to be Survivor because they're all going to be drunk on rum. Yes. And, and I can guess one major way it's going to differ from Survivor straight off the bat. Stinker? Mm. Mm. Hey, uh, Jericho. Well, look, at, look at the pedigree. We've moved on, Brett. <laughs> has, has Mark Burnett truly made a stinker reality show? Ross, I want to know about Jericho. Jericho. You can ask that question I'll take in that pork. As <laughs> Jericho and Lost are about to take their breaks. Uh, again, Jericho seems to be quite influenced by Lost in a lot of its in a lot of what it's doing, uh, and it's taking a leaf out of Lost's book and has 
is splitting its season up into two seasons. So it's uh, it's running until towards the end of November, and both shows are going to come back in February. Lost its final air, its final episode for this series is going to air pretty much as we're recording this podcast in the US. Yes. So does that mean that we're we're currently Thursday evening, Mm -hmm. Monday time? Um, Does that mean tonight's episode of Jericho is also the final, which is on tonight on Channel 10? No, no, no. Jericho's got a couple more weeks. I think it's finishing on the 30th, possibly, of Mm -hmm. November. And then returning And then returning. Now, I've heard tell of some very bad men coming to town, so maybe we'll get rid of some of that cheese. Yeah, I think uh, I'm... I do quite like Jericho when it's about what it's supposed to be about, but yeah. when it's about when it's just cheese, it's just terrible. Come on, yeah, everybody! I yeah. can't, and I can't sit through that. Yeah, I can understand. I, I, I would like uh, if somebody, and I'm sure somebody's going to do this on YouTube, but cut together all the good bits of Jericho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd and be just okay. just have a pricey. Mm. That that would be good. Hey, uh, Win Television, uh, which owns Regional. part of Channel Nine Perth. And a lot of the, well, all of the Channel 9 affiliates uh, regionally, they are looking to float their company for a $1 billion float or trade sale early next year. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there as far as uh, ownership in regional stations goes. Now, who has owned Wind, the, Wind thus far? Uh, it's been a private company owned uh, by uh, by a family called the Gordons. Ah, the Gordon, who we uh, mentioned a couple of weeks ago with Select TV, the uh, small scale yep. cable company. Yes, yep. and they own forty three point six five percent of Channel Nine Perth. Right, uh, and uh, the other forty eight. Oh, and 48.94% is owned by Sunraysia Television. And the remaining, you do the maths, percent, uh, which I think it comes down to nine, uh, is, uh, is owned by uh, Ross. Yep. And I'm not going to have any more of those rubbish shows. I've had enough. <laughs> Good. How did I end up owning... <laughs> just because you own uh, Channel 10. Someone has to own the rest of Channel 9 Perth. Uh, so it's, but it's... but the, the thing is that Channel 9, as we know it, on the east coast of Australia, has no control or vested interest in Channel 9 Perth. No, that's right. And, uh, and they are... And, and Win Television as a whole also, as we, as we saw with the whole uh, David Letterman thing, we're not touching Quiz Monkey scenario... Mm. Uh, they really act on their own as well. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there and, and who picks that up. Uh, my guess is that those stations are too expensive for anyone to buy. <laughs> Brett. As we're talking about, uh, what were you calling them? Tush pirates? I was Bum not pirates. calling them that. <laughs> uh, Neil Patrick Harris, who you might know better as Doogie Hauser, MD or the uh, stud muffin out of How I Met Your Mother, or uh, the bad soldier boy in um, that film. Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, yes. He wasn't. He was the, he was the brainy soldier boy, not the bad soldier yeah, boy. Yeah, he was, he was the uh, intelligent one who uh, ended up being head of the Luftwaffe, essentially. Well, um, who managed to figure out that the, you know, he put his hand above the beetle's head or whatever it was. He's scared! And everyone cheered. And that's like the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's come out. Great film. What, what, to Australia? No, he's come out of the closet. Ah. Uh, How he, long he surprised he, Batman? 
He says, I'm a very content gay man living my life to the fullest and feel most fortunate to be working with wonderful people in the business I love. Uh, talking about his uh, castmates in How I Met Your Mother. Um, this was prompted by his publicist issuing a statement uh, saying that the actor is not of that persuasion when uh, there was a Canadian website that claimed that uh, his sweetheart was got a role on the show. You you would like to think that a publicist would check yes. first. Is it okay if I send out this press release denying your sexual persuasion? Either way. Either way. Mm. It, you know, just, do you want a press release sent out about this? Mm. Doogie said, so rather than ignore those who choose to publish their opinions without actually talking to me, I'm happy to dispel any rumours or misconceptions and am quite proud to say that I am a very content gay man. Is he and still a doctor? Is he still practicing? No, he never was. No, you're, no. Not, you're not allowed to if you're gay. Is my understanding. Oh, really? um, and blind people aren't allowed to have children. That's what I heard during the week. No, the um, the uh, the the thing is, did he say whether or not his boyfriend got a role on the show because he's his boyfriend? No, he didn't refute that claim either. Right, right. Nepotism. Alive and well in the gay world. That's what I say. You know, they talk about the casting couch. It, it's never gone away from the, what, the 40s. Hey, there's, uh, there's been a bit more... Oh, also, gays in Hollywood. News at 10. It's not... <laughs> anyway, no one gives a shit. There, there's been a bit, more, uh, a bit more talk this week about SBS and how they're supposedly oh, peddling... porn peddling... Peddling network. porn and uh, one of the... Using our money. One of the things that has been brought up again and again is the Pamela Anderson cartoon, Stripperella. Uh, I'm just interested Which is actually know, a very funny cartoon. Well, I'm just interested really? to know yeah. why it's porn when it's on SBS. And previously, when it was on Channel 9, it wasn't classed as porn. Because we don't pay for Channel 9. Taxpayers' money goes to SBS. It doesn't matter. It's, and, and it's the, not and, porn. And the conservative uh, politicians, having had their way with our ABC, are now on the winch hunt uh, at SBS. It doesn't matter. Stripperella is not porn. It's a cartoon yes, it series. Is. No, it's not. She's a stripper. Yeah, but you She's never... a stripper. So? It's in the title. But it's not porn. It is porn. She takes off her clothes. No, she doesn't. If the politicians... I'm, I'm, I'm purely being devil's advocate here because I, I so don't agree with it. I, but it's, but, this, but is, this is... It's the sort of claim that comes from people who have never seen the show. Yep. Yep. And if politicians want to uh, complain about SBS peddling crap, they should look at Brotown first before they look at Stripperella. Well, yeah. And, and Amen before, to that. And before they do that, <laughs> look at how many times Mary Costakita says the word boobs in the... <laughs> In the 6.30 News Bulletin. Well, look at how many times you can see Mary Custokides' boobs in the 6 o'clock bulletin. None. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> how many times I, has she said it? <laughs> 25 in the last week. Stripperella's not porn. Get over it's it. It's not. Senators. Just, yeah. It's a cartoon. But that's, that's where the problem is. It's a cartoon. And these people still think that cartoons are for children. 
Do we have any news this week? <laughs> None whatsoever. The, the problem with this week and news is that Spring Racing Carnival uh, was on this week and therefore in Australia no other news ever comes out. But a lot of our news is international. Yeah, they also love the Spring Racing Carnival. <laughs> <laughs> There's no news. Brent, what have you got? Uh, the creators of Will and I, I seem to be on a bit of a on a bit of a theme tonight. Uh, the creators of Will and Grace. A sitcom about gay and straight best friends have successfully pitched a concept for a new comedy series, a sitcom about gay and straight best friends. No, they did that. It was called Will and Grace. It's a new concept. Have you got in your Wayback Machine? It's a concept for a new comedy series. Right. Um, both series are actually inspired by the duo's real-life friendships. Uh, Muchnik is gay, while Cohan is straight. That's uh, David Cohan and Max Muchnik, who are the writers, creators. Right. Right, well, you know. Who would have thought? That's an unnecessary... I... <sighs> He's speechless. Hey, I really uh, am. Uh, Essentially what to... that's saying is they have no ideas. <laughs> These two people have no ideas. And they're just doing it again. Yeah. Right. I, I never particularly liked Will and Grace anyway. No, it's awful. You yeah. know my thoughts on Megan Mullally. For all those people sitting at home banging, banging their fists on the desk or the couch or the tram seat as they're listening to this and going, damn it, we need more nostalgia on television. <laughs> I have good news for you. The ABC is getting in on the act with How the Hell Did We Get Here? A show pitched at Baby Boomers, which is going to be hosted by Shane Bourne, which is kind of a mix of 20 to 1 and some other rubbish. Just to go to show that the ABC can make as much garbage as all the other news. Is this, is this the new thing that they wanted to try out and they had to ask the glass house no, for? No, this is something different. Are you sure? I'm pretty it, sure. It's aimed at a very different market. Uh, Baby what, boomers. What, what is it called? Uh, how the hell did we get here? But I, I'm imagining it with a bit of a Shane Bourne smile and oh. smirk and a bit of a fist pump. How yeah. the hell did we get here? Thrill seekers. You've got to throw a thrill seekers in there somewhere if it's Shane Bourne. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? And while we were on that topic, has anyone seen the 50 Years of ABC shows that have been on? Yes. Uh, Sunday Night's one. I've yeah. never seen television made to look so boring in my it. life. Yeah, but you watched it taped and then fast forwarded through it. No, I didn't fast forward anything. Right. Um, and what was it like? What was it about? Just the, just the all the ABC I, shows. The one I saw was on Monday night, and it was uh, it was just about news stories, uh, and essentially, it a lot of it just looked like old newsreel footage. <laughs> it really, I um, nah. Sunday Sunday nights was an hour and a half long, I think, and uh, John Clark was in a voice booth, basically narrating through these clips. Okay, um, he was restrained and funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, physically restrained. No, no, restrained in, like, not over the top, not Shane Bourne. Okay. He was no Shane Bourne. Because I, uh, I had images of him then in a booth. Subtle. And restrained. Mm. Picture in picture. Yeah. News clips on the big image. So, so also making on. a joke of, uh, of the small budget that the ABC had for the party that never actually happened. Yes. Because it was just him and Trevor who was the engineer. Hey, we, uh, we spoke... Uh, a while ago about the Nielsen ratings in the US and how they were going to start rating the advertising yes. on television, which is a, a very interesting thing to do. Uh, it kind of makes sense, but then in some ways is also completely ridiculous. Mm. Uh, 
but is an answer to advertisers' problems of how people are watching television now with things like TiVo and other PVR systems. Uh, so they were going to start rating the ads. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Not anymore. It has, according to Variety, tossed out its plan to start publishing ratings of commercials. Uh, it was supposed to happen on December the 11th. And uh, the key problem, they say, is that the broadcast networks want to take a deep breath before going forwards. They're blaming the broadcast networks of being too chicken to advance. Did they trial it? Uh, I don't have that information. Maybe they did and they just found that nobody was watching the ad, so there was no uh, there, th- there were no statistics uh, that they could actually spin anyway. There's no winners in this situation. No, there isn't. If, if it goes ahead and they find out no one's watching, advertising revenue will go down dramatically for the networks. Yes. That's not what they want. No. It's a stupid idea. Mm. It's, it's a stupid idea. It's a very expensive idea. Some would say too expensive to follow through on. And, uh, the, uh, and, and that's the problem. I think the networks are now saying, oh, is that how much it was going to cost? Well, we don't think it's such a good idea anymore anyway. Uh, so at least in this way, the only losers are Nielsen, who spent a lot of money working on a system that doesn't really work. And Nielsen are losers anyway. Yeah. Uh, but they do make a lot of money for doing very little. Mm. Brett Cropley. Uh, Let's have a fight about the OC. <laughs> Come on. Well, OC fans had better make the most of uh, what they can see when it returns to our screens because it is scoring dismal ratings on its return in the US. Now, hold on a second. If it was scoring dismal ratings, why would they be putting it on twice a week? They're not. Hold your horses. The reviews were mostly positive. Season 4 debut earned the teen drama its worst ever ratings, drawing in fewer than 3.5 million viewers nationally in the States. The poor numbers prompted the Fox Network to move the series to a new time slot on Wednesday nights. Uh, They think that possibly part of the problem was that it was up against the very popular uh, Grey's Anatomy over there on Mm -hmm. Thursday night, and Mm -hmm. so it's been shifted its singular show to Wednesday nights. We were just looking at a news article not five minutes ago saying that it's on Two nights a week well, in the according, US. No, according to TV.com, which is the article that you and I both read, Ross, mm-hmm. it airs on a Thursday night mm-hmm. and then is repeated the following Wednesday night, both yep. at 9pm. Yes. I just like Countdown. However, according to what is scheduled to show, an episode, a new episode was shown on the 8th of November, mm-hmm. uh, which was Wednesday night in mm-hmm. the US, and another episode is scheduled to show on the 9th of November, which seems to be the next day. Yes. Thursday night in the US, which uh, would seem like they are going to show two episodes a week. Mm. Whatever the case may be. Why don't we just wait until next week and see what happens? Whatever the case may be, Fox, for this series, have only ordered 16 episodes down from the traditional 22, leading to speculation that the fourth season would be the last. Well, okay. that, brings, uh, that brings me to uh, Men in Trees, which the ABC network in the States has ordered nine more episodes of, saying uh, that they're going to have a full season of 22, plus they're going to move the uh, show to a new time slot, a 10pm Thursday time slot. From okay. It mm-hmm. doesn't say... 
Mm. It doesn't say. So why would you screw with it? Like, if it's popular enough in its time slot. It's not. They're moving it to a better time slot. So they, they have faith in it that it will pick up viewers, that, yes. but it's not rating well enough at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and it seems like... Hey, boys. I believe uh, James Talley is on James the Talley line. James Talley on the line. Uh, well, why don't we just finish off the Box Cutters news very quickly with uh, news about America's Next Top Model. Sure. Okay. And the Writers Guild of America, who we've been following this saga for a while. Uh, America's Next Top Model, uh, the CW and Aniso Productions, are now uh, being kind of sued. Uh, they're, they're having uh, claims against them filed with the National Labor Relations Board by the Writers Guild of America. This is a problem that will not go away, and anyone who has watched this latest series of America's Next Top Model knows that it is causing Endless grief. James Talia, what's your report on America's Next Top Model? <laughs> I can't believe they need writers for it, but I'm surprised. <laughs> this is uh, this is this is what we've uh, what we've been talking about for quite some time. James, we'll uh, we'll end the news and come back with our European correspondent, James Talia, and that is the box cutters news. Hey, 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 let's go. And welcome back. <laughs> Only a week gone. James Talia, Box Cutters European correspondent. How are you? I'm good. Hello there. I promise I'm not stalking you. you know, <laughs> when, you pick up, when you picked up the phone just then, the first words I heard was Josh saying... America's next top model. It was like a really clean edit, and I thought you were answering the phone that way. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I should be so lucky. If you want, you can change your title, James. <laughs> no one's going to buy that. <laughs> now, James, uh, you uh, you were interested in coming on because you had some hot information. It's it's, uh, it's trivia that I have. This is the height of uh, geek fanboy behaviour, so what better place to bring it than to you? <laughs> hey, listen, when I heard it, I was very impressed. Well, okay. Well, I don't, I don't know. People are going to be impressed, they're going to be not. I don't care. Here I am. <laughs> I'm in London about it. Um, this is how this works. Uh, you know, I've become obsessed with Entourage. Yes. Yes. That's, that's already well documented now. And... Uh, on the end of the uh, season two box set, there's a really good um, special feature where Mark Wahlberg, who's the executive producer, of course, mm-hmm. is interviewing members of the cast and they're talking about where they came from and their characters, including Ari Gold. Mm-hmm. And it t- turns out Ari Gold is, is uh, based on a real-life agent, very closely based on a real-life agent called Ari Emanuel. Yes. Now... Um, Ari Emanuel used to represent Jeremy Piven and uh, he's taken a lot of his real life experiences and put them into the character of Ari Gold. He also represents Mark Wahlberg in real life and a number of other people. Mm-hmm. Now I've combined two of the greatest forces of the World Wide Web, Google and IMDB, <laughs> and uh, looked into uh, Ari Emanuel and who he is and there are very close parallels, but what I can also tell you is that in real life, Ari Emanuel's brother is Ram Emanuel. 
who is the congressman for the Illinois 5th District in the U.S. House of Representatives and also the chair of the DCCC. Right. Democratic, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. Stick with me here. <laughs> okay. He's responsible for running the Democratic Party's campaigns for the House of Representatives across the country. So he's had a very big week. Yes, he's, big. He's, a, he's a happy person. He's a happy boy. Before all of that, he was senior political advisor in the Clinton White House and was the inspiration for the character of Josh Lyman on the oh. So what I'm getting at is that in the parallel TV universe, Ari Gold and Josh Lyman are brothers. <laughs> and that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. <laughs> and I knew you needed to know. That's oh. fantastic. And that, can I also tell you, James, that is better than any news any of us had for this episode. <laughs> it's very kind of you to stroke me like that. <laughs> this, is, this is what we pay you the big bucks for, James Talia. <laughs> well, exactly, and doesn't it show? <laughs> How's everything over in London this week? Things are good. Have you been, uh, have you been chasing, chasing any big stories? Um. This week, it uh, well, we started with uh, started the week with Saddam Hussein oh, yeah. being handed the death penalty, mm-hmm. and we've been going from there. But the the bigger news has been coming out of the states, of course, this week with the uh, with the uh, congressional elections, the midterms, um, and uh, as I said to you last week, um, I love a good election campaign, and so I sat up until five o'clock in the morning here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Flicking between news channels, which is really a, a ridiculous and fruitless exercise. But you know, what choice have you got? You Especially now that now that you have had Sky hooked up to your place. Exactly. So, so I thought, well, I, 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 I shouldn't waste this. I'm going to put it to good use. <laughs> now, so your options are automatically reduced because you just don't bother with Fox News Channel. So well, yes. <laughs> in the, uh, I, I, I've just realised that uh, in the coming year, while you are a UK correspondent, but also Channel 9's UK correspondent. On the side. On the side. <laughs> Within that year, you are going to have to cover, and I know how much you are going to love this. Mm-hmm. Not. Uh, you, you are going to have to cover the 10th anniversary of the death of Princess Diana. Jesus Christ! You know, I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that'll be a year-long gig. Oh man, that's yeah, you're right. That's, that's the whole of 2007 just blocked out in my diary. Now. <laughs> England's Rose, the Queen of Hearts. Start writing down these cliches now, James. You're gonna need them all. <laughs> Thanks for that, Josh. You know, I, that, that's great. That, that's made my day. <laughs> A few weeks ago, I went for a walk through Hyde Park, which is something I had not done before, even though I've lived here before. And I stumbled across that memorial thing they built to her. At Kensington Gardens? Yeah. Yep. That's the one, which is just like a trench with water running through it. (laughs) Can't quite figure out um, what it's meant to symbolise, but, you know... I guess I'm just going to have to lie down next to it for a piece of camera at some point. Now. <laughs> <laughs> has it has it got like a little tunnel that runs underneath the trench? Maybe yeah, maybe there's a diorama underneath there. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You, know, you can't go wrong with a good diorama. <laughs> it's, it's a diorama of that tunnel in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> 
Excellent. Well, uh, we look forward to your report next week, James. <laughs> yeah, it's... if I can find anything remotely as interesting and fascinating the... to bring you, of course. I, I, I think you might understand, but it's, I'm finding it very difficult to relay how absolutely excited I am about that coincidence. <laughs> I I, I, I I knew you would be as excited as I am. <laughs> Maybe it's just you and me and the rest of the world. I don't know. Maybe. I, but I love it. Thank you so much for calling in. You're a legend. We, 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 we want more virtual virtual families next time you ring up. Oh, all right. I'll get Googling. <laughs> Thanks, James. Say it, bye. Are you one of those that follows the follows, 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 follows the ads? Pepsi is putting coke into their ads. I can as much as I want. Got the sly look, sly look, sly look. Hello, this is Ricardo Montalbán. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. And here, with Arnold Bias, Brett Cropley. I wanted to have a talk about uh, health department regulations when it comes to food service. Take a breakfast bar. That happens to be set up on a beach. Ah, yes, yes. How, how reassuring is it that staff are, are now by law required to wear those condom-looking plastic gloves when they're serving up? Plastic gloves that don't breathe when the hands warm up, and so they become a soggy mess on the inside. Rubber gloves that they take your money and they put it into the till and give you the change, and they're doing all that money handling with, and then go back to the food. How healthy is that? Well, they're, they're supposed to... I don't understand how this relates to television, but they're supposed to uh, change their gloves every time. Every sandwich they make, they're supposed to change their gloves. I've never, ever seen that. No, but they're supposed to. Uncle Toby's have set up a bar on a beach making cereal. Right. They have the fresh sultanas, the, mm. all the fresh fruit and the, uh, the brand bits, and, and they put them together and then they put them into a box mm-hmm. and they make their fibre plus and, and sports mix and, and all those uh, kind of cereals with the rubber gloves on. We, we know that it's an illusion. We know that this isn't actually something that exists in reality, why are they using those freaking condom <laughs> gloves That's... while they're juggling all the fruit? They're only t- touching the fruit because they're not actually charging anybody for these for these uh, breakfast cereal special mixes. Right. Well, I am guessing it, it, it's weird. Yes, it's weird. I, I would say it's weird. I'm guessing that they tested it as a concept, and people were disgusted by the idea that their cereals were touched by so many series of hands throughout the process of being made that they went, well, for the ad, we'll put on rubber gloves. Don't worry about what actually happens to the processing plant. <laughs> for the ad, we'll put on rubber gloves. I, th- I actually think that they tested it. That's my guess. It, that, because it's such an interesting uh, quirk and, and uh, uh, kind of technical bit to the ad. Detail is the word I was looking for. Clearly, long day. Uh, it, it's such a an interesting detail in the ad that they must have thought about it a lot. I say there were four or five board meetings about those rubber gloves. The ad actually looks quite nice. It's been shot well. Uh, every, there's lots of bright colours. There's lots of colour and movement going on with the juggling and stuff. It's just those freaking gloves that disgust me. Isn't, isn't the point of the ad that they have... 
whatever type of cereal that you want, yeah. they've already made it. Yes. Hygienically. <laughs> cereal. So, so they're expecting people to just be walking along the beach one day. Oh, there's that Kellogg's factory I've seen on TV. <laughs> That's how they make their cereal and there's a bunch of people juggling pears and Personally, grapes. And... I'd, I'd, be, I'd be more concerned about sand ending up in my cereal. Well, that as well. But, of course, it's always sunny on TV and there's no wind down at the beach. Right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously thinking of not buying my regular cereal. <laughs> Hey, uh, just a very, very quick I Don't Buy it to piggyback on the back of uh, Brett's I Don't Buy it. This is one from uh, Channel 10, the ad for Jericho this week, where they both said in voiceover, very loud voiceover, and in text on the screen, the others are coming. <laughs> yes! No, I don't think so, Jericho. I know you're trying very hard to be lost, but the others are from Lost. But we've, we've seen that in Lost, the others have access to boats. Maybe... They have gone to landlocked Jericho. Uh, maybe. Somehow. Maybe. The, that, Dharma, the Dharma Foundation. It would be a very interesting crossover. It would be an interesting, the most interesting crossover since Lost and Prison Break. Yes. Mm. Yes. Oh, didn't, didn't that play out well? <laughs> In uh, just having a look at the front page of Pity uh, tele- Television Without Pity this afternoon, um, I noticed in, in tonight's episode there's a reference to giant irradiated ants but it sounds like giant irradiated hands. Oh, really? But there's ants that are ginormous because they've been irradiated. Really? Oh, I, I suddenly want to start watching Jericho again. <laughs> that, that would be pretty cool. If, giant ants? If there's giant ants. It's spoken. I'm not sure that you get to see them just yet. Right. And if there's giant ants, there's got to be a giant spider. Is it suggested like the, uh, the uh, ship was suggested in your Mark Burnett pirate drama? <laughs> Look! Giant ants. <laughs> Look, this, giant off-camera ants. This is this is in the split moment between it uh, being broadcast in the states and being broadcast here. I think that's a giant oh, ant breaking. Oh no, that's just Skeetor Rich. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I don't buy that either. Tom Elliott here from a variety of different media organisations: Three Triple R, Three AW, Channel Seven, Mornings with Kerry Ann, Inside Business on a Sunday with Alan Kohler. I like to spread myself around and so should you. Listen to the box cutters on the internet or any other media you can find them. I think it's educational. I think it's fascinating. I think you might even learn something you didn't know before. Listen to the box cutters. I always do. Friday Night Lights is a show that has started in this fall season. Mm -hmm. It is about football at high schools in America. Gridiron. At a high school. Yes, at one particular high school, Dillon High Mm-hmm. In Texas. The small town of Dillon mm-hmm. in Texas. Now, people might have heard the name before because there was a movie two years ago called mm-hmm. Friday Night Lights. Which was based on a book. Which is based on a book. These, uh, So, the TV show is loosely based on the book and on the, uh, and on the movie. I think they, they credit it as influenced by... The well, book. just a uh, just a little bit of trivia because we seem to be in uh, loose trivial connections with tonight's episode. The author of the book, uh, Buzz Bissinger, mm-hmm. is a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, reporter. He's also Peter Berg's cousin. Peter Berg, Peter Berg wrote the first episode. Wrote the first episode. Wrote and directed the movie. Uh, directed, yeah, wrote and directed the first the pilot episode of Friday Night Lights. Right. Oh, I didn't realize it was that connected. 
that the same director had done the, the movie and the pilot. And yep, and is uh, credited each week as having adapted it for TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so Friday Night Lights basically tells the the story of the pressure to win on this on this football team. Well, this is a small town that has basically nothing else apart from the high school football team. Mm-hmm. And it's it's important to note that in the United States, which is a very parochial country, Texas is a very, very parochial state. And it's very much Bible Belt. Yes. Mm-hmm. And within those with within that state, each community is even more parochial. So you get these levels of uh, of kind of patriotism towards the tiny plot of earth that you are currently standing on. And in a lot of these towns, that uh, comes to life in the form of high school football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so, and so that's kind of the, the culture that this show is coming from. Yeah. And that, that's why there is so much pressure. Yes, very much so. Uh, we should also mention that uh, people might remember Peter Berg from uh, Chicago Hope. He was an actor in Chicago Hope. He was also in the brilliant Last Seduction. He was the main. Uh, he was the main guy in that. So, yeah. So, what did you guys? Uh, now, I, sh- I should point out first. I didn't see the movie, and Neither. and I, I, the movie. I wouldn't have seen the TV show, save for the fact that we're doing. For we're doing it in the fall season because I really have no interest in gridiron. How much have you seen? I have seen the first two episodes. Josh, I've seen the first episode. I've seen the first three. Oh, one, two, three. Okay. I uh, I thought it was fantastic. I was blown away. Yeah. The the first the opening five to ten minutes. Yep. Is some of the most dramatically constructed, beautifully artistic pieces of television I've seen in a long time. The photography reminded me of Larry Clark with kids and bully in Ken Park. Okay. Yep. Yep. But but it has um, more story and very, intrigue. Very voyeuristic <laughs> and and verging on NYPD blue kind of kind of A lot of jiggling. handheld. There yep. is a lot of handheld camera. A lot of greys. A lot of the, the the tones are all very muted. There doesn't it, it almost feels like black and white color if you know what I mean. There's no there doesn't seem to be any bright colors. It's all just this washed out, very dull, drab, wintry setting which you don't associate with Texas particularly it, in uh, television and movies, and, it's and when, and when and there is light, it's usually the light of the football field, which is mm. all just very white. So, it, so it mm. does look washed out. Yep, uh, just fantastic, mm. absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad that we had to watch it for this segment. Really, <laughs> yep. I, Same. I, I actually watched it this morning. I wouldn't have watched it because I thought uh, a television series based on a film. Uh, which is all I knew about it. Mm. No, I'm I'm not going to bother. Mm. That being said, uh, one of the great things about the that opening five to ten minutes is we get so much story with so little exposition. If we compare it to the opening scene of Brothers and Sisters, yep. where everything is spoken, well, it's very interestingly told the way they 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 choose to tell the story. I think every episode is going to count down throughout the week yep. up to the Friday night live uh it's Friday night football game and they show snippets of each day but it's it's not really traditional storytelling you don't have the same sort of big scenes where people talk about their problems it's more just little tiny segments of a number of people who all happen to be discussing the same thing 
So because you know. there's not much more that's discussed well, in the small it. town. Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, like all the all the footy grannies and stuff in town. All are, are extremely opinionated, and they all go to the coach to tell him what he should be doing. Yeah, yeah, opinionated and knowledgeable. Not just saying, "Oh, I'll win the game." They're talking about the plays they should use, which players he should yeah. he should and go it, to. And in fact, the the team's main sponsor, which I think is a car dealership owner, yes. um, is quite destabilizing and kind of works behind his back uh, later on in the, the second and third episodes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's just, uh, I was amazed in, it's just got atmosphere to burn. I think this show, I, I mean, I love good atmospheres in both in TV and movies, but this, you just feel the town, you feel kind of the relentless pressure on everybody to perform. You you, you feel the stress that, that the coach is under, you feel what the quarterback has to achieve, you feel everybody riding on this football town, uh, football team, it's, it's it's really stunningly done. And as I say, I've only seen the first episode. I am a fan of Gridiron. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I love watching it as a game. As long as it takes the bits that actually make up the game, I love watching. And well, all the boring shit's been cut out of this show. Well, yeah. and that's right. And, <laughs> that's when it, and when it gets to that Friday night game, I found myself watching it as if it was a game. Yeah. Barracking for Dylan High. Yeah, I, I actually um, uh, there's a, the, there's quite a major plot twist which I won't reveal here, but I was well, actually the first episode. I was actually getting quite nervous watching the football game, like hoping that they win. I was feeling you know very emotionally it. drawn in. Yeah, very much so. Which I which I rarely am with television. I was very surprised. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic. And and also, it's so rare to see sport shot that well on television. Yep. They've obviously put a lot of money into setting up shots, choreographing what's going to happen, and actually planning it out. Uh, and and that being said, I don't know how they're going to sustain that much. And this, I, I want to hear from you, Brett, because you've seen the most out, out of all of us. Do they manage to sustain that drama throughout the episodes? Yes, definitely so far. Uh, up to episode three. I think that the first episode definitely has the most game in it of the first three. Yep. Mm. Um, second episode finishes off at... With at the kickoff. The, the kickoff um, of the second game. And then the third episode starts off with uh, basically the last couple of minutes of that. Oh, okay. Right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just, I, I think, A, it's a a great insight into... Americana, mm-hmm. and, and I'm finding it really interesting watching this show. That's that's completely informed by being set in the Bible Belt, where everybody just it's just assumed that everybody's Christian and, yep. and yeah. they're, all, yep. they're all at church on Sunday mornings, whether it's the Black Baptist or or the uh, the other lot. Well, and they, <laughs> they, and they they all just kneel down to pray as one, yep. without without a second thought. Like that's just okay. Now we're all going to pray. There, there is that great scene in the first in the first episode where uh, the quarterback is talking to some little league players, talking about how important it is to learn all the different plays, and then at the end of that, they pray. Yep, yep. Uh, just fascinating. And I find the parallels between the, the footy players and the coach and uh, military-style shows or, or movies, mm. um, they're very, very regimented. Yep. Uh, all, the, all the players... Uh, uh, fully respectful of the coach and it's everything's yes sir and yep. and all that sort of stuff yeah. and you know I can't hear you yeah 
Uh, I can't wait to keep watching this. I don't know about uh, you guys. I, I'm fully hooked. Un- unfortunately, I don't think it's doing that well in the US. It's on the same network as Studio 60, and Studio 60 wasn't on last week because they put f- Friday Night Lights in its position after Heroes to see if that did any better. Uh, I think it's it's on slightly shaky ground, which is a pity because this is, this is really good. It's, it is one of the best pieces of... Uh, Network-based television I've seen for as long as... Pretty much since Twin Peaks. Mm. Uh, And, yeah, it it would be a shame to lose it. Uh, If you can find a copy of it online and and, uh, there are lots available, definitely download it. For the same reasons, though, that we weren't that keen to watch it, I don't know if if it has got picked up here or if it will get picked up here. I don't think networks wouldn't... It wouldn't appeal to networks here. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, a shame because good television is good television. Yep. And yep. a good sports story well told will translate to whatever culture it, it goes into. Yep. Uh, and, and it is a shame. But, again, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't appear ever. No. Or if it does, it gets Channel 9 Yeah. Shown once. Uh, just, just quickly, what else are we still watching? Oh, from yeah. Well, I want to recap. Um, so, I think there should be three categories. I think stuff that you would watch, stuff that you wouldn't watch, and stuff that you are watching. Okay. You get the difference? Yes. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho, I'm still watching. I'm not. Yep. You are? Yep. Uh, Even though it's got cheese. Six Degrees? No. No. Never started. <laughs> uh, Heroes? Uh, yes. Very much looking forward to it. Haven't started. Haven't started. Oh, oh okay. Wow. Oh, Brett. Heroes is great. <laughs> um, I'm definitely watching that. Studio 60? Uh, yes, although it's starting to wane a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, in, in my eyes. Like what episode still, are you up to? Uh, the, the latest. So episode... Seven? Seven Six. or eight, I think. Seven I th- or eight. I think seven just went to air earlier uh, this week. Yeah. So I'm, uh... So I, I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I can see why it's not why it's not doing well, mm. uh, and it's it's really just a show for West Wing files. I think yeah, that's, oh, that's well, why I'm seeing it. Well, I'm not uh, I'm not losing interest. I love it in it yet. I think it's yeah, fantastic. Uh, the nine, <laughs> no, <laughs> haven't started yet. See, uh, I. Uh, I've watched the first one and I was quite, you know, oh, this is really good, really interesting. And it became increasingly clear that what I was hoping would be in the show, i.e. this great mystery, just wasn't there. Yeah. So, um, and that's been extended for a full season? Has it been picked up? I, I can't remember. Don't know if it has yet. God knows why if it has. Um, Ugly Betty, you I, are I'm about keen, to start. I'm keen to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. Keen to continue Yes, you've seen yep. a few. Um, yeah, I'm still watching Ugly Betty. Uh, Brothers and Sisters? No. No, 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 no. No, I'm not. I'm not watching No, 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 no. <laughs> no. But hey, Rob Lowe's going to Brothers and Sisters. Oh, yes, he is. He is. Yes, yes oh. he is. Because they can't throw enough names at that show. <laughs> Dexter? Yes. Yes, going to. Mm. No, you're, you're over it? I, I watched the first two episodes. I, I don't think I watched oh, Come anymore. on, you've got to do at least three. No, that my rule is two. Oh, that was the other interesting thing about uh, Friday Night Lights. It's uh, lights. It's uh, Snuffy Waldron. Uh, Did the music. music from Six Feet Under and oh, okay. uh, Huff oh, and the Wonder it's Years got some and fantastic music to it. I think that adds yeah, a lot to the yeah, atmosphere. The use of music and the and actually the levels. Remember, there were a lot of comments. Well, it starts off us. with Black Betty. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, when uh, Jericho started, the music was just too loud and distracting. Too much of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, to to sound like a green guard. 
letter writer. <laughs> uh, I can't hear the dialogue. <laughs> but but the use of music for dramatic purpose in Friday Night Lights is better than any other show I've seen in a long time as well. Yep. Uh, yep. So, uh, yeah, Dexter, yes, I am still uh, yep. I'm still watching it. I'll talk about it a bit more on Pork. Men in Trees? No. We'll continue. Haven't uh, looked at anything see, since I, I did. So, so you haven't show. seen episode five yet? <laughs> no. See, I could watch it, but I'm not going to. Uh-huh. I'm not going to bother. Uh, 30 Rock? Yes, I am still watching it. Really? I am still watching it because I, I really, really like... Uh, Tina Fey. No, Alec Baldwin's character. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> really? <laughs> and he... Remember when I said initially I'd like to see a show where there was a lot more of him? Yeah. I think they've realised that they need a lot more of him. And, uh, and there's a lot less of everybody else, wow. which is working out really nicely. Okay. And uh, you, you haven't started that yet, have you? Uh, yeah, I watched oh, the right. first couple of episodes. Yep. Um, I'll have a look, but I'm not expecting to be blown away. Um, However, um, it, is, it is very low on my priorities of, of download. Yes. It's if I've got more download left at the end of a month. You'll just chuck them all I'll, ch- I'll chuck a few on. <laughs> um, I did come across over the week a blog, uh, a, a guy who's uh, writing about Saturday Night Live and about, uh, about Studio 60 um, with an, an interesting link uh, to a story about SNL in its 30th season, 31st season, yeah. and about mm-hmm. the creator and uh, about losing Tina Fey. And um, they've actually had staff cuts, basically cast cuts. Oh, okay. Um, to save money on it. Oh, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Shark? I, again, I, I enjoy, as I said uh, a few weeks ago, I, I really enjoy watching it. I think it's just a simple washes over you show. I've seen, I think, four episodes. Uh, if there's room left at my end of the month download, yeah, because I know that there'll be an hour that I'll want to kill at some stage. Yeah. No, Don't I've... completely love it, but um, yeah, it's it's fun watching. Okay, I won't bother with the class because I'm I'm pretty sure Haven't neither of you have watched started. it yet. And I'm, I'm still reeling from uh, from your description. <laughs> I'm actually still waiting for the pilot to download. Oh, really? Yeah, there's not a lot of sharers out there. No, well, <laughs> you'll see why. And uh, Friday Night Live, we're all Lights. very keen on. Friday Night Lights. Oh, I keep calling it Friday Night Live. Friday Night Lights, yep. we're, uh, we're all keen on and definitely going to keep watching. Yes, and wow. uh, I also, I, I did watch the pilot of Help Me Help You, which oh, was the okay. Ted Danson uh, sitcom. Doesn't have a laugh track. Mm-hmm. Actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Better than uh, uh, the other thing? Better than pretty much any other... Ink? Yes, better than Ink. Better <laughs> no. than Becker. Becker. Yes. Couldn't think of his name. Uh, Ink was the show he did with his wife, Mary Steen. Steenbergen. Oh, terrible. Steenbergen. In between Cheers and they were, uh, Becker. They ran a newspaper or something. It was shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think it got picked up because there were no other episodes available. I don't even remember doing any news about it not getting picked up. Oh, right. Uh, help me help you. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not yeah, sure. I've seen no other episodes available, so I'll have to do some research on that. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe the, it'll be a mid-season replacement. Okay. La, we really la, didn't do that for this segment. Oh, it's going to come. It's going to come. I had it at least. It's going to come. Business is like a jungle, and I am like a tiger. And Dwight is like a monkey that stabs the tiger in the back with a stick. <laughs> does the tiger fire the monkey? Does the monkey trans? Does the tiger transfer the monkey to another branch? Pun. There is no way of knowing what's going on inside the tiger's head. 
We just don't have the technology. <laughs> Are you guys on board with the US version of The Office yet? <laughs> Are you guys on board with it yet? It I is. It is gold. Where, I, where I is watch it? it? I watch it when I get the chance. But you, you'd have to download it. Yeah, it's. It's not. It was on showing Sunday nights on Channel Ten. Yeah, it? they're not showing it. And I. This was my guilty pleasure. I'm going out on a limb now and saying it is fantastic. That is, that is a great line. I've it, been hearing it's very good. It, it's very, very, very funny. I had uh, I watched the first three episodes with uh, Deidre. She's a huge fan. Uh, I had tears running down my face for two of the first three episodes. Were just hysterical. Um, first three of the first season. Of the third season, they're up to now. The first season only had I think half a dozen episodes, but it it. It has been consistently very good. The second season was all very good as well. How much does it rely on Steve Carell being the comic genius that he is? Uh, quite a bit. Yep. But I think it's got a very good support cast as well, and they're branching out more and more Actually, into into them. I think uh, Dwight, who's the, the equivalent Gareth, who is apparently much more like what they intended the Gareth character to be before Mackenzie Crook came into the audition for the original office and just blew them away. Yep. Uh is is hysterical, is hysterical. It's 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 really good. You, you should get on board. There was something else that I came across over the week uh, about the office, the US office. Uh, they've had their first uh, advertisers product placement in there. It's a shredder of some sort. Oh, um, and, uh This is uh, the advertisers trying to get around the TiVo effect. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's is, that's is, the way to do is it. Is there a big arrow yeah. flashing point into the <laughs> I, I, I think they shredder. actually talk about it. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a plot thing which is about uh, um, identification theft uh, and uh, they're shredding fake credit right. card applications. Right. Well, yeah, well, it's very funny. And interestingly, too, in that third episode that I saw, they uh, uh, Michael Scott, who's the Steve Carell character, uh, is addicted to Entourage. Excellent. So there was quite a few mentions of Entourage in there, which was uh, which was very funny. And I watched the first episode of the new season of My Name Is Earl, and uh, Joy, Earl's ex-wife, was addicted to uh, Britain, uh, Brittany and Kevin Chaotic. Excellent. <laughs> which was which was very funny. They're talking about how their uh, she and Darnell were talking about how they're American royalty, and <laughs> it was it was very funny, especially in light of their tragic recent divorce. Hey, um. When I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. I have been reading the uh, first Dexter book, uh, Darkly Dreaming Dexter. Because it was based on a book. Yes. The series, yeah. Uh, the, the series is very tr- true to the book. There are actual passages in the television series that are pulled verbatim from the book, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is interesting. A, a lot of the voiceover, obviously. Yep. Uh, some plot twists and stuff are, are different, but it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting read. Okay. I would say there's probably no point reading it if you're watching the show. Yes. It, it, it is that similar. But if you've watched the show and you're enjoying it and the season ends... You might want to pick up the other two books that are available. Okay, so we think that season two will probably be based on the next book. Yeah, I would. I would guess so. Okay. Oh, that's that's interesting. That's much better than them trying to come up with something new and Dexter-like. Yes, I would think. But yes, yes. Uh, going on about compatibility rates and mm. 
Yeah, that's not what... 65%. Brett, the the show isn't about that robot. It's got nothing to do with Perfect Match. Nothing to do with Perfect Match at all. I thought it was Greg Evans' chance for a career resurgence. (laughs) Hey, uh, speaking of television, Josh... As Speaking of television. As, as we've mentioned before on the show, yes. you work in the Rove offices. Yes, that's right. I work for Roving Enterprise. As well now, as owning the 10 network. Now, uh, I, I should I, point I out the that you're not in the writing department. Correct. So you're not responsible for any of the skits or anything like that that goes to Nothing. air. Who is? Not me. What the, the hell is going on with that sex office? Right. This this reminds me of when the footy show dress up men in dresses and do like the House of Bulger stuff. Although I think that the House of Bulger stuff is probably a little funnier. I uh, I think because Shane Crawford's a comic genius. I I think that uh, I've never seen so many smug, pleased with themselves comedians just thinking they're hilarious and really it's just awful. I don't know the uh, I, I don't know the actual answer to your question, <laughs> which was what the hell is going on with sex officer. I can tell you how it started. Yep. Uh, as a joke, because am I missing something? As a joke for the fiftieth anniversary of television in Australia. Yes. They decided to create a number ninety six style TV series called Sex Office, and they were just going to show a clip from. Sex office. Yes. So in the in the same way that in nineteen ninety in number ninety six, everybody was having sex with each other, and then towards the end of the series, uh, the building blew up. Yes. In the first episode of Sex Office that we saw, everybody was having sex with each other, and suddenly there was a bomb in the building. Right. That was a funny joke. Yeah. That that's that. I, I imagine in context that probably wouldn't have been so bad. Yeah. It's now up to episode eight. Uh, if you go to rovelive.com.au, oh, sorry, rovelive.com or rove.com.au, you can download uh, all eight episodes if you want to find out what Ross is talking about. Uh, I, 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 I would say... I would not recommend it. I would say probably probably not. Because it, yeah. it, it, it is the same joke over and over again. It's the same joke, but it's got that... Do you remember with uh, Fast Forward and then later Full Frontal with Steve Vizard and... Uh, Peter Moon is that his name? The Stewarts, uh, the, the, the Stewarts, the or, the, or the Fakati or, rugs, or the um, well, pretty much anything they did, yeah. making each other laugh and thinking that's the joke. Like I got the same impression from Sex Office. It's you know they're they're they're, they're having a great time. Good for them. That doesn't make great comedy. Self indulgent crap, basically. You're saying I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, it's it's the same joke. <laughs> that's, that's as far as I'll go while trying to keep my job. Over the week, uh, we had the last Thank God You're Here of the year. Yes. Uh, Thank God it's gone. Which had an extra half hour, uh, which was uh, as opposed to what I reported of 15 minutes. That was 15 minutes of uh, Tommy Gleason up nostril cam and an extra <laughs> competitor. Um, and ads. Did you actually watch it? I've, I taped it. Most of it. Um, I reckon there was six minutes of ads between the going into the last, going oh, really? to the last All In Challenge. That sucks. That's um, a lot of ads. The promo for that, as well as the show that was up against it on Channel Seven, which was that uh, police border no uh, border security maybe no not border oh. security the the 
yeah, police, footage, police footage of cars on fire and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, which uh, scored in the uh, in the Melbourne top ten last mm. night. Both referenced in the advertising for them a supersized edition. Ah. Which uh, is interesting because it's ripping off uh, McDonald's promotional uh, tagline. But it's also interesting because Thank God You're Here is sponsored by Hungry Jacks. Ah, right. That is is interesting. It's also interesting because the concept of supersizing has such negative connotations now. Why would you want to associate your network with that? Maybe they're trying to win it back. Yeah, it's... It, it, it's it's no uh, helter skelter. Mm. You, you can't really go. This this was We're stolen. Back. <laughs> this, this was stolen by Morgan Spurlock. <laughs> We're taking it back. Hey, uh, just a quick uh, congratulations to Channel Seven. Did a fantastic job with the spring racing carnival. As always, very much enjoyed it. Thought they did a stellar job both Cup Day and uh, and Cox Plate Day. How how does their coverage relate uh, compared to uh, Channel 10's coverage of years ago? Uh, now, listeners have to remember that I'm only pretty much watching the races and the mounting yard yep. and maybe a little bit of post. So I'm not catching any fashions in the So field I'm or... not catching any of the but, garbage but you're really, and the ads you're that they go on through. The sport. But on the sport, I think they do a great job. I think they do a much better job than Channel 10 and Channel 9 were doing previously. Because right. uh, it, it was split. Uh, Channel 9 were covering the Caulfield days and Channel 10 covering the, uh, the Mooney Valley and Flemington days. But now... Channel 7 bought the whole lot, but it'll be interesting to see whether they get rid of it again now that they've got the uh, football rights. Yep. Because they bought it with football rights money. And the Herald Sun uh, still didn't cover any of it because it was sponsored by The Age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, well, no. The Caulfield part was sponsored by the Age. Yep. But uh, I don't. I don't actually know yeah, that's what, what I meant. I don't actually know what happened with um, Channel Seven this year. Decided they, in probably a bad idea, they decided they were going to have the race caller, uh, and they didn't go with the usual race caller because they wanted to talk to him and get his insights before, you know, before the race happened. Right. They did this once with the Cox Plate. He wasn't very good. He completely ballsed up calling the horse that came second the winner which you really don't want to do especially considering you know it was the nine-year-old fields of omar one and they're playing that clip endlessly on the news and everything else you really don't want him going oh and elsa gundo's won oh no <laughs> interestingly that was the last we saw of him and they went to the tried and true greg miles after that so it's yeah it'd be interesting uh i don't know maybe box cutters listeners will know the full story if they do Send us an email. And, right, uh, fan- fantastic on the horse uh, interviewing technique. The interviewer speaking English to the Japanese guy that still couldn't understand him, no matter how many I've, verbs I've, he dropped. I've got to say, the the two Japanese horses winning was a fantastic moment. It was it, it gave me goosebumps. It was so exciting watching the race. I'm a, I'm a big horse racing fan, but that interview afterwards was was very very funny. Just I, <laughs> I, I, you, I love, you ride you, good win. You ride good win. I, Yes, good win. But I loved, <laughs> good horse, good horse. I loved what the Japanese guy, guy said, you know, in his limited English. He also said, no, you get the horse to the gate and then you run. <laughs> it's so it's as simple. simple as that. It's so simple. It's genius. Yeah. That has been Box Cutters episode 60. I can't even believe we've done 60 episodes. 60. Woo. It's crazy. I want to say thanks very we much. We get a seniors card now. To No, that's not how it works, Brett. 
It's not how it works. Hey, you know, we should have played the 24 theme two and a half times. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I want to say thanks very much to James Talia for calling in with that excellent bit of uh, family tree television yes. reality from, scenario. From the European box cutters fortress of TV goodness. <laughs> uh, and uh, I also want to say thanks to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast mm-hmm. every week. They mm-hmm. are very good to us. Be very good to them. Mm-hmm. If you want to email us, you can. Hooray at boxcutters.net. If you want to text us, you can. You know the numbers. I'm laying it down now. Next week, let's do a letters to Boxcutters. All right. Oh, okay. So okay. send us your letters in and I'll get read out. And also, if you want to comment on the blog, box, on the blog boxcutters.net. Yep. And uh, we've got quite a few commenters uh, happening. It's a great dialogue going on on the blog, mm. boxcutters.net. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Hey, thanks for listening to Boxcutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.